You're now listening to the rundown from Annenberg Media. It's Friday, October 4th, 2019. I'm Yuki Liang. The USD campus has always been a much sought after filming location for movies and TV shows. Stay tuned after the briefing to find out more about what makes this Southern Californian campus so special to the Hollywood eye. But first, Approximately 10,000 bikes are on USC's campus on any given day, according to USC's Department of Public Safety. Last month, USC had a whopping 37 reported bike thefts. The monthly average is between 20 to 30. Natasha Brennan spoke to DPS Crime Analysis and Intelligence Officer Wyman Thomas. According to DPS, the majority of stolen bikes are taken from the main campus by non-USC students. I've seen all these bicycles just parked, pretty standing. It's like a cookie jar. It can be very attractive for a lot of juveniles or people who don't have bicycles. In it. Officer Thomas also stressed that students should register their bikes with DPS. The registration program gives bike owners a chance to retrieve their bikes if they're stolen. And bikes that are not registered will only be kept for 90 days before DPS donates them to local charities. On Thursday, our political reporter Luke Scorzel interviewed USC Annenberg Dean Willow Bay about a recent USC study, The New Normal, Parents, Teens, and Mobile Devices in Mexico. Dean Bay talks about the study's findings, but also shares this tidbit about her own family. What does it look like in the Bay household? Um, are you on your, do you have a time set aside just for your kids? Um, are your kids always on your phone? What, where is the balance? So I have teenagers. So I have um, kids kind of in this age group. And, and the one that's home right now is 17. But I have 17 and 20 and, and my husband. And they're all um, avid technology users. Um, but we have no phones at the dinner table. I mean, it's, it's a hard it's a hard rule. It's always been a hard rule. And actually, after I first saw this research, um, the first wave of it that came out in 2016, um, around the family holidays, because all the kids, right, are teenagers, I got a red basket and I put it by the front door and my teenagers were horrified and appalled. And I said, everybody's phones, grownups and kids alike are going to go in the um, cheery red basket um, for the Christmas holidays. Um, so... I, I do try, and I'm not far from perfect, and I'm learning as we go, because the, the truth of it is that as a parent, it's the first generation of teens, right, to grow up with a mobile device in their hands, and, you know, their um, their development, your development, really, you're in this generation um, of Gen Z, is inextricably tied to the ubiquity of this mobile technology and these devices, but as parents, we're really the first generation, I say we, because I'm a parent in this space, as well as being a researcher and, and and educator, um, we are the first generation of parents to have to manage our own relationship with mm -hmm. our devices and that of our kids at the same time. So it's, it is unprecedented, which is why we thought it was so important to dig in um, and to get a better understanding. To hear the rest of this interview, check us out at uscannenbergmedia.com. Remember when finding vintage clothes at Goodwill on South Figueroa Street used to be exciting? You'd find the perfect pair of light-washed Levi jeans from NSYNC's heyday or the cutest retro Leatherman jacket. But now, thrift shopping is less digging for treasure and more digging through racks and racks of Forever 21 shirts. Or it was. Until now. Forever 21 recently filed for bankruptcy. As Kat Killigan reports, 
This brings the practicality of fast fashion into question, and if it's even a solid business plan anymore. Forever Twenty One has recently filed for bankruptcy. They may close up to 178 U.S. stores soon. Marshall business professor Carrie Field says that the clothing stores filing is the latest sign that fast fashion is starting to burn out. The owners of this business have a business model that is out of sync with the. Marketplace. Young people like USC sophomore Cora Forrester are becoming more environmentally aware. It's nice, and sometimes it's convenient, but in the long run, it's really not sustainable at all. But even so, some students like Samada Tanti will miss the convenience of Forever Twenty One. I'm not too excited about that, honestly. I do a lot of shopping at Forever Twenty One. Of course, even with the bankruptcy of Forever Twenty One, online shopping has filled the gap, and fast fashion. Won't disappear anytime soon. For Annenberg Media, I'm Kat Kilajan. Now let's take a look at what's coming up on campus. Next Thursday at 7 p.m., Visions and Voices is hosting a generating new woke words workshop led by Milwaukee-based visual and spoken word artists. They'll work with the audience to identify familiar but unnamed racial experiences and generate new language to describe them. Admission is free for this event, but you'll need to make reservations if you're interested in going. Now it's time for children's tales. You've seen Alumni Park dozens of times while running to class. If you look closely, you'll see Bovard Auditorium, Doheny Library, and other campus spots in some of your favorite movies and TV too. Since the 1930s, USC has stood in for fictitious colleges, real universities, and as a familiar background to students, alumni, and Trojan fans. In recent years, there's one show that's recognizable because of its award-winning cast and creator.、Uh, right now, we have "How to Get Away with Murder" is a,、um, a recurring show here, and they established the front of the PE building as、um, Middleton University. That's Tori Daves, director of the campus filming department. Shonda Rhimes is one of our alums. She's the producer for all the Shondaland shows. So that's How to Get Away with Murder, and For the People, and Scandal, and Grey's Anatomy. Filming here at USC is so common that there's an entire department dedicated to working with film crews. And according to Dave's, a lot of the folks that work on or run those shoots are Trojans. Just about every single show that comes here has at least one USC alum on it. It could be the producer, director. It could be the cable pullers. It could be you know the grips or gaffers. It it it's such a wide range. Typically, just about every single show has a USC alum on it, and we love it. Lots of those alumni projects are titles you'd probably recognize, like Forrest Gump and The Social Network. For the Social Network and lots of other movies, USC has stood in for real and fake universities, but rarely as USC itself. Going back to、um, the Graduate, we played Berkeley. For、um, Gilmore Girls, the daughter went to Yale, and so we played Yale. For Legally Blonde, we played Harvard. I totally looked the part. But more often than not, USC portrays fictitious schools. Because if it if it gets played as an actual school, the the production company will have to get the approval rights from the school to use their name and use their logos and all of that. So next time you're watching a classic movie or popular TV show, look out for your alma mater. If you're thinking, "Hey, I've seen that brick building before," 
or that looks familiar, chances are you're right. Chances are it was filmed at USC. For Annenberg Media, I'm Sophie Murray Prime. That's it for this Friday, October 4th, 2019. Tune in next Friday. I'm Yuki Liang.